It's time to breathe new life into the social entrepreneur by empowering you to make a living through fulfilling work that will impact lives. You'll make money, but more importantly, you'll make a difference. Welcome to the Change Creator Podcast. It's time to build a business with purpose. Now here's your host, Adam Force. What's up, everybody? This is Adam. Welcome to the show. Um, Today, we're going to be talking to Aaron Agius. I think I might be butchering that last name. That was my best shot. Um, Aaron has an incredible marketing background, so we wanted to talk to him because, you know, hey, we, we all need marketing to scale our businesses up, so we wanted to get some tips and strategies from him. He's actually noted by Forbes as one of the world's leading digital marketers. So that does say a lot. And he's and his current company, Louder Online, he is the co-founder and he's worked with major organizations such as Salesforce, IBM, Coca-Cola, Intel, and a number of others. He's a speaker around the world uh, for major conferences um, such as Search um, and the uh, Content Marketing and Growth Hacking Conference. Um, and all around US, UK, Brazil, London, Australia, you name it, um, people are listening to his expertise. He's a contributor at Entrepreneur, HubSpot. Uh, Needless to say, he's got a lot of great experience and he's worked with the startups and he's also worked with the big scale companies, as I mentioned. So we're going to tap into that, see what he has to say to help um, you know your startup and get go from small company and scale up to large company. So before we get into that, just a reminder, this July, the next edition of Change Creator is coming out, uh, Change Creator Magazine, and it's going to be in a new format. So guys, the new platform is rolling out. Subscribe now. Um, you, there's no risk. You get 30-day free trial. Check it out. Um, but we are changing the reader flow, the user experience, and you're going to start getting desktop reading uh, opportunities. So every, every subscriber will have access to the desktop for that large version and interactive experience. It's going to be super cool, so we hope you check it out. We've been putting a lot of time and work into it. We're just going through um, the first uh, one right now and testing everything out, so we should be good to go. Um, so yeah, stop by the App Store, uh, subscribe, and we'll get you going um, again coming this July. Uh, guys, that's it. We're going to get into this conversation. I know you're going to dig this. Hey, Aaron. How you doing today? I really appreciate you jumping on the show. What's going on? Hey, I uh, appreciate you having me here. I'm uh, just kicking off the day, actually. I'm, I'm in Sydney, so uh, time right. zones mean it's my early morning. That's right. That's right. Um, so what time is it by you exactly? Uh, just gone 8.30. Wow. It's it's uh, it's 6.30 over here. I'm getting towards the end of my day. I'm like, who's this guy I'm doing a late interview with? <laughs> <laughs> I'm breaking my no work in the, in the later afternoon rule. Just kidding. <laughs> I'll make it worthwhile for you. (laughs) (laughs) So let's give everybody a little background so we know where you're coming from. Uh, You've got a company called Louder Online, a lot of of experience, over 14 years experience doing marketing, and you guys have worked with some incredible companies, which we'll dive into in a little bit. Um, But before you started Louder Online, uh, what were you doing? How did you get into marketing and why? And like, what gave you the idea um, to start pursuing Louder Online? Let's, Let's build up to that if you could take us through that. Yeah, let's do that. Um, so it, um, it's a bit of a long story, but I'll happily jump in and, and give the details. So it was about sort of 10 years or so ago, I was uh, working in IT. So I was doing building big networks and, and that sort of thing for large companies. Uh, my 
partner at the time was in marketing, so she was working for um, IBM as a marketing manager for Asia Pacific, uh, and we had decided that we were just going to pack up and go over to Thailand for an extended vacation, mm. uh, and so we did that, and it was lovely, <laughs> and yeah. while we were there, we were thinking, look, this is so good, we need to find a way that we can do this long term, and, um, and the whole idea of finding a way to earn a strong currency and live on a cheap currency, um, you know, geo-arbitrage. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so we sat there trying to research how people can do this and, uh, you know, there was people saying they're making money online and we thought, okay, well, we're going to research that. There's obviously got to be some sort of truth to it. <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah, the, at, at the time, you know, it was, it was a bit over 10 years ago and at the time there really wasn't anywhere near the amount of information available online as to yeah. how to do this sort of thing. So we, um, we decided we are going to give it a shot and uh, we moved back to Sydney where we were from mm. and uh, spent the next four months um, just <clears throat> pardon me, doing everything we possibly could to figure out how this whole thing worked, how, how making money online worked. Um, and it, in four months, we made 40 cents. Uh, that was our <laughs> first money that we made. <laughs> awesome. And it, it's, it sounds horrible, but... Um, that that day that we made 40 cents was amazing. We were literally jumping around and high-fiving and, and everything because um, we, we knew then what we know today in that the internet can be almost infinitely scalable and can be highly automated. And so we took that 40 cents that day and turned it into $400 the next day. So wait, tell um, me, what, what, what earned you the 40 cents? What was it? Yeah, we were doing affiliate marketing. So we drove ah, okay, uh, okay. traffic to a hotels and accommodation website and someone bought or booked a room and, and we yeah. made some money off that. And then how did you turn that into $400 the next day? Well, what we did was sat there and um, thought, oh, okay, well, what was the exact process that we took to make that one action happen? And how can we do that times as many times as possible? And so I looked and I thought, okay, I've got to, we, we, we ranked a site using a little trick that existed back then that yeah. um, was, was available. And we, we ranked it, had, had a keyword ranking on the front page of Google. And I knew exactly what we did, knew it was repeatable, knew it was something that we could do in the space of about 25 minutes. Um, and so I thought, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to put some automation behind that. So we created um, a, a little bot that just sort of went around in circles, recreating the same set of steps that we did. Right. Uh, and that turned it into $400 by the time we'd woken up the next day. That's amazing. Cool. Yeah. I mean, you find once you, once it's nice just to see that you can get someone to actually pay for something that you're doing. <laughs> and once you do, you just start turning those knobs and how do I get more out of that? <laughs> well, that, that, yeah, that was exactly what happened. We sat there and thought that, that 40 cents, that validates everything that we've been working on. And, you know, we, we went through the exact same struggles as most people do when they're deciding they're going to do something online. We couldn't figure out what industry or what niche to be involved in, we couldn't find out, we couldn't work out if we were going to drive traffic through social media, through pay-per-click, through any of the other ways that people are driving traffic. And it, it, was, it was literally just banging our head against the wall thinking everyone says everything works. There's someone else saying this works, someone else saying that works. And we tried so many different things and eventually we settled on um, doing SEO because we had no money at the time and it was, yep. okay, well, we've got yep. time, so let's make that happen. Um, doing SEO, we chose an industry that, um, you know, we, we were traveling and we enjoyed traveling. So I thought, okay, well, that's going to benefit us and that's related to what we do. So I'm going to do hotels and accommodation. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it, that, that 40 cents just proved you can, it is valid. You can make money online. Yeah, and right. the next day we proved that you really can make money online. And then it's, it's always gone up from there. Very cool. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Cool story. Made some money. And you know, I've heard, I've heard a few people now talk about how they've got their feet, they've gotten their feet wet with affiliate marketing. So it's not a bad way to, um, you know, just start playing around with marketing and getting a feel for things. Um, and it usually leads into, I guess, bigger and better things. So what, so now that was hotels and things like that. When did uh, louder online come into play? Yeah. Well, look, just, just to your uh, previous point, it, yeah. it is actually a great, a great way of testing and working things out because you have no customers, you have no <laughs> obligations. So, you know, doing affiliate marketing, you have no customers, no obligations to anyone or anything, and you can mess around and try and figure it out and and finally put a system in place after that. So, I mean, that, that's what we did, and we got to the point where you know we, we turned that into four hundred dollars, and then we we kept scaling from there, and we ended up traveling the world for six months plus. And when we were doing that, all of our friends and family are starting to say. How, how are you doing that? Why can't you, if you can drive traffic to your own websites, why can't you do it to mine? And so then the consulting aspect of the business gotcha, started gotcha. and we started doing consulting. And as that happened, um, then you know, we started with smaller businesses and then kept making our way up to bigger and bigger businesses as people could see what we were doing. So I got a couple questions in my head. Let's see if I can remember. So uh, one thing is that always stood out to me about affiliate marketing is how do you, what do you offer people that would make it beneficial for them to, why do they buy from your site instead of just going to the original uh, owner's site and buying um, or Amazon or something like that? I mean, I guess Amazon could be an affiliate, but you really have to rely on people like lo- using your, um, your path to get there. Um, if they don't, yeah. then that's it. So is there, was there anything to, I guess, you know, making that happen? Yeah, well, the the quickest response there is that they can't be everywhere. Yeah, they it doesn't even these giant giant companies cannot be everywhere. They can't be ranking for every keyword in every location, of every variation, and of, of every product, and all of these different things. So you you really have the opportunity to be able to fill some of those gaps, and you yeah. don't need to be competing in a massive area. You could, and like we did, we we decided. Um, okay, we, when we first made that money, we're going to rank a website for cheap hotels in Sydney, as an example. Right. And so not only, it's not just hotels, it's not hotels in Sydney, it's cheap hotels in Sydney. So we're narrowing it down and we're focusing on a very particular small market there. Yep. But that small market is big enough to um, prove the point that, yeah, we could make money on that and we, we'd make $100 a day or whatever it was. And then we'd simply copy and paste that and say, okay, now we're going to do cheap hotels in Chicago and gotcha. New York and everywhere else. Okay. So that's where the scale came from. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So then you must be a believer in the idea of starting with, um, especially in today's saturated markets, just a very specialized niche um, to start getting attention from a specific audience. Is that usually a starting point for you? Because I kind of want to tap into your consulting approach and your thinking around marketing a little bit. So um, I guess I'll just say, where does it really start for you if you were talking to someone about their marketing? Like, where does that begin? Yeah, um, you know, let's, let's, we'll keep going down the SEO path yeah. just because it's, um, yeah, it's a good example of all this stuff. So when, when we're looking at doing SEO and we're doing it for clients, we always go after the long tail. So 
you know those those three or four word keywords. Um, yep. we, it's it's rarely a situation where there is a need to compete for those head terms because most of the time and. So we, we do audits of our clients' websites whenever we take them on as a client. And I can say um, a good 80% of all traffic to our clients' websites come through long-tail keywords, yeah. not through those head terms people are chasing. Right. Um, often, the head terms are the vanity terms. They think that um, ranking for a particular term is going to be driving all their traffic and business growth. The reality is they're competing against all the other people who have that same expectation. <laughs> of course. And, and very few people um, you know, getting into it understand that um, you know, if you've got blog content, good editorial, long-form content on your blog, and you're regularly creating that content, people are going, you're going to be creating so many more doorways into your website through all of that content, and you're going to attract traffic through so many long-tail keywords, yeah. and that's where all the value is going to come from, and that, that traffic to the website. Yeah, so when you start working with a client, now you've worked with large clients like IBM and Coca-Cola, and but you've also done more personal consulting with smaller companies, uh, from what I understand. Um, is your approach different when you're working with these two different environments? Uh, yeah, I mean, we... We don't typically work with small business anymore. Um, we do, I mean, we do consulting. We don't do implementation. Right. And okay. it really just comes down to um, to, to budgets and, and availability. Yeah. See, most small businesses, if they're going to want to do SEO, they, they, the budgets available mean that they're putting all of their resources into this one channel of traffic. And yeah. you, you cannot bet the farm on on Google you cannot know what Google's going to do you can work towards best practices towards following the rules towards doing what you know should work and in an ideal world it works all the time um, but you know it'll take months it'll take maybe six months plus before you'll start seeing any movement um, before you'll start seeing any traffic right. and a lot of small businesses um, you know maybe you can't wait for that and they've decided that all their budgets in that, so they're not doing any of the other marketing activities, and and it can really cause issues. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and I, that was actually one of the, my first thoughts, especially for smaller groups. You know, SEO is a great approach because it's budget friendly. But if you hire someone else to do it, I mean, I have to imagine you need at least you know four to eight months to really start seeing some results out of it. Yeah, 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 you do. And you know, there's lots of businesses out there that focus on small business SEO. Lots yeah. of agencies that do that. Um, I, I, the unfortunate thing is that so many of them just operate in that whole um, you know, churn and burn sort of thing where they're, they're bringing them on board, um, they're, they're keeping them around for a few months, the client gets unhappy and don't see anything happening. Um, <laughs> and really, the, the, the problem is that the agency doesn't have enough time to actually move the needle from the budget that they're provided with, but they still take the client on. Yeah. Um, so it, it just doesn't it doesn't end well. I mean, yeah, I'm sure there are agencies that do really well for small businesses. Um, I don't know many of them though. I think um, you so got to set yeah, expectations, my, right? It's like setting expectations. You can't go in there and they can't expect I'm going to sp spend a thousand dollars a month, you know, and in two months I'm going to see some big return. Yeah, it's exactly right. But you know, the other part of that is a lot of small businesses will listen to that expectation. You'll say, look, as of month four, you'll definitely see some ranking improvements. And they'll, they'll go, okay, I have enough budget to get to month four and that's it. 
and they'll hope that at month four, those ranking changes actually mean traffic, then leads, then sales, which are just more steps beyond what you're actually communicating. So, yeah, we've just because of, of you know morals and ethics, um, we've we've never really taken on small business for a long time. It's it's just not something we think we can support. However, we do know exactly what they should be doing, and we do consulting to tell them what they should right. be doing and how they should be doing it. Right. So that, I mean, that's obviously helpful. And I mean, when you first started Louder Online, did you start, I mean, who were your clients initially at that time? Yeah, they, and they were small business okay. and okay. That, we were over investing to see results. So we, we weren't making money like we should have been right. and we'd spend, yeah, we'd take on a client for $500 a month or something. Right. Um, you know, this is, 10 years ago and the, the thing is though algorithms were different and you didn't have to do anywhere near as much right but nowadays the algorithms are a whole lot smarter and in order to see success it's not just about having a website and throwing uh, dodgy links at it it's <laughs> about having a website having good content that people naturally want to link to it's having a content strategy behind that right. and it's making sure that you're getting the right links to the right pages yeah yeah okay so I guess I want to start think, helping people understand a little bit. You know, obviously it's important to everybody should be addressing SEO as a channel. Um, is there I, actually before I even talk about SEO more? Um, are there other based on today's environment? Where do you see the most effective marketing happening? Obviously, this is different for different companies. Um, but just what are the the trending channels and and why? Um, any thoughts around that? Yeah, look, you can't go past Facebook paid advertising at the moment. Yeah, it's it's just it's cheap and so effective, and the amount of stuff that you can do with custom audiences and retargeting and lookalike audiences—it's mm-hmm. mind blowing how much access they give you and <laughs> um, what what you can do. I, I'm I'm all for it, and you know the the ideal marketing strategy isn't necessarily only doing Facebook ads or only doing this or only right. doing that. When you, when you're big enough, you're doing um, content marketing, creating great content, you're helping distribute that content through Facebook ads and, um, and pay-per-click through AdWords and other channels. You're doing email marketing once they're hitting your website, you're doing retargeting, it's, it's combining all of that. But to begin with, um, you know, if, I, if I was kicking off now and I had a limited budget, I would be focusing on doing, um, number one, writing content regularly on the website. Um, so having a blog of some sort where you're answering questions and solving problems within your industry. Mm-hmm. Not talking about your product and service, but answering problems and, and solving problems and answering questions in your industry. Once you're doing that, you're creating all those gateways into your website, but you're also giving yourself the opportunity to distribute that content through social networks. Sure. So you're able to drive social traffic. And you know, if I had a budget, I'd be putting some of that budget towards um, Facebook ads. Yeah, um, you know, that's the direction I have gone and I see the best results and it's interesting and I want to get your opinion on it because as you do Facebook marketing, um, you could put a dollar behind uh, an article and boost it. I mean, obviously it's nothing. It's a dollar for a day, right? And then you could see, I, I can tend to say, all right, am I, how much am I paying for a click? And if I'm cert- below a certain, uh, you know, uh, cents, like five cents a click, I'll go ahead and put more money in and then more if it continues to sustain. And what I see over time is it actually usually improves as I continue to invest. 
because um, I guess the algorithm gets smarter or something, but um, I've had articles like take off and just get thousands of clicks for just, you know, 30 bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the reach that you can get is is amazing off very little money and that uh, that's that's why it's so appealing at the moment and, and really appealing to, to small businesses, but you can't do any of the marketing in any channel unless you have content. Content is the fuel for all marketing. Right, right, right. And I, I guess, you know, part of um, what I was thinking about is, um, well, content is important, but then if you're, if you're using Facebook, do you find, do you do a lot of global marketing or you do a lot of focus in the United States? Uh, both. Or Australia. I mean, you're out in Sydney. So I guess I'm curious <laughs> where your emphasis is because I noticed major investment differences like from the U.S. versus if I do global to Australia, Kenya, um, you know, Canada, U.S., United Kingdom, I get the high, uh, the low click, uh, you know, uh, pay and then I get the uh, high click rate. But if I do United States directly, it's much more expensive. Yeah, look, we, I mean, 90% of our clients are US-based, um, but we have clients on every continent at the moment. So we do marketing globally, locally, all, all sorts of different things. And uh, yeah, your ad targeting is really going to determine um, what you're paying there, as well as click-through rate, as well as uh, so many other things. There's, there's a lot that comes into Facebook's algorithm as to how much you're going to end up paying. Do you have any tips for people who are starting to play with Facebook? They don't have, they don't, you know, obviously you're not going to just spend $1,000 on something on how to, like maybe some key things to think about when approaching it as a channel and, and testing the waters. And maybe, I, I don't know if there's certain things that stand out to you that will help higher conversions. Um, what, what have you seen in your experience, I guess, is what I'm looking for. Yeah, some, a lot of people when they're just getting started just don't think enough about the target audiences. They're, they're um, you know, focused on going, oh, how can I get the cheapest traffic? And unfortunately, what that means is it's usually in developing nations that right. aren't what you're after. So um, you, you still got to gotta focus on your, your location that you want to target, really get your demographics, look at psychographics and, and all sorts of things. The targeting that you focus on, even if it costs more and you've got a smaller audience because of your targeting, yeah. they're going to be the people that you want to be chasing more and valuable. getting in front of yeah. these ads. Yeah. So yeah, be willing to do that. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Because um, you know you can spend, you can get a lot of traffic, but is it the whole to your point? Is it the right people? Are they going to actually buy your products? Do they care? Um, all those types of things. I actually went through a phase at one point a few years ago where I built up a huge email list, but it was to your point, like developing nations and other areas, and they were hungry for the content, but nobody had any money to buy anything I was selling at the time. <laughs> Yeah, well, look. As far as I've, you know, my experience goes, a lot of uh, a lot of people's email lists are made up of two different types of people. You've got the people that you really want to be speaking to, that may be buying and that sort of thing. But you know, there's value in having the other pe uh, other people on the list, which I consider to be the broadcasters. Um, they're, they're not going to buy, but they'll help distribute your message, your emails, distribute your content socially, and you know, it's it's worthwhile having those people on on the, on a list. Absolutely. Um, so then two things for me, because since I'm a big fan of Facebook marketing, I'm kind of hanging on this, but I just want a couple more <laughs> questions. <laughs> um, you know, for for me, and, I, and I, I get questions too from our audience about it, um, is 
they're like, yeah, Facebook does seem great because I do talk about it and what they have a hard time with. And, and it's still for me too. I still am working through finding the right things. But, and I try all these different methods for actually getting the information to find the right psychographics and, and demographics and things like that. Um, what kind of work do you do to get into the headspace of the user and find the sweet spot on Facebook? I, and I guess, you know, it takes time and money to get that sweet spot, but what kind of legwork do you do to get there? Well, I, the, the best kind of work is the kind of work someone else does. <laughs> I, I, prefer, I prefer to let Facebook's algorithm and the Facebook pixel decide all of that. So what we do is uh, you know, we've seen a whole lot of success on e-commerce sites Yep. with running lookalike audiences um, okay. and you know, custom audiences based on um, certain actions people have taken on your site. So getting the Facebook pixel installed properly on your site and then running lookalike audiences. Uh, so one of my favorite, thing is, favorite things is going and looking at anyone that's bought your um, top product over the last six months um, or looking at all the customers that have bought anything, segmenting that to anyone that's bought um, you know, the highest 20% of revenue into the business mm -hmm. and then doing a lookalike audience on Facebook based on that specific group of people. Yeah. And Facebook will go out and algorithmically do it, do it through their machines and their understanding of who <laughs> those exact people are and you don't have to do any of the guessing, none yeah. of the legwork there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's nice. Once you find an ad that's working and, you know, I used to never get my relevancy score up above like three <laughs> and then yeah. finally i i hit a spot where i'm like i actually got up to eight and i was like wow and you could see a huge difference in the receptivity and the traction um so i was like this is this is bullshit man you can't get the relevancy <laughs> score past five <laughs> and then finally yeah. i did i was like oh it does work that's wonderful to know <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it can it can be a challenge, but once you get there, you know, it's, it's cheaper as well. So absolutely, uh, everything yeah, starts aligning. Absolutely. So yeah. you know, but, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, look, if I if I was getting into if I was trying to break into the online now and and try and make money online, I think the thing that I would be doing is um, going and and jumping on creating a Shopify store, doing some sort of e-commerce where you're um, just doing drop shipping. Yeah, yeah. So going on Alibaba and finding products there, uh, getting them onto a Shopify store. Not, it's all red, relatively technically easily to do, easy to do all this. Mm -hmm. And then I'd be going in and um, doing Facebook marketing to drive traffic at those products. And then, you know, because it's e-commerce, using things like lookalike audiences and, and watching that yeah. explode. I, yeah. I know I've seen people do that in... Um, like friends of mine who I've given very little advice to have done that recently and it's probably after about two months they're making $2,000 a day. What? I wonder how much, do you know how much they put in to get that off the ground? Um, very little in the setup. Uh, the only spend comes in the actual Facebook ads of which you're seeing a pretty immediate return on your investment there. So yeah. they, I mean, there's not, Shopify is like 30 bucks or something like that. It's not much. Um, finding all the products and everything is, is just a time focus, um, identifying the right products. So pick an industry, you know, babies yeah. or sports. Right. Or health, psych. wealth, all those popular yeah. ones. Health, wealth, and relationships, man. Those are like yeah. the key pillars. <laughs> exactly. Find, find products um, on Shopify. There's lots of good guides out there where they explain how to find good products with good shipping and delivery costs. You find those, put them in there. It might take you a, a week or two to get that set up. 
Um, the biggest cost will come when you're trying to um, do your first Facebook ads. So you'd be sitting there and you know, you've got no data to put in other than your guesswork. So you'd if you be, use you know, Shopify, uh, if you use Shopify to do this approach, don't you, is it, is it like Amazon virtual stores where you just are picking products from Alibaba? Do, or do, are you actually paying Alibaba to like, you're, you're doing the whole, I guess you got to buy inventory. No, it's, it's drop shipping. So oh, yeah, drop shipping. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's interesting. Any reason why you say Shopify over Amazon? Um, no, I, I've done a lot of work with Shopify in the past and mm-hmm. I've, I've used it and I think it's, um, easy to use, easy to set up. And there's so yeah. many guides out there on exactly yeah. what to do to set up what I'm saying. I so hear good things I, and they have great emails too. They have some pretty good marketing insights through their email, uh, stuff that they do. Yeah, they're, they're a great company. There's a lot of good stuff going on there. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, look, like I said, the, the first expense is going to be running Facebook ads and, and sort of guessing your target audience, like you know, mothers between this age and that age and have these interests and like X, Y, Z and, and everything else and first getting some of those sales through. And as your sales start to come through, then you can do the lookalike audiences. And as you're doing that, then your money is going to start coming through. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's pretty cool. I, you know, it's something I actually always thought about to do on the side too. I, I get fidgety. I can keep doing all kinds of crazy ideas and I've always thought about Amazon or Shopify, but I never took the plunge. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can, I can tell you it works. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hear uh, success story after success story. I'm like, how many times do I have to hear someone's making 50 grand a month? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. Um, so I guess I'm curious what your biggest mistake has been, um, in building louder online and, and scaling that baby up. Yeah. My biggest mistake is, um, okay. So the, the biggest successes in the business have come through, uh, building a personal brand and, uh, you know, building the brand of the business and my brand personally. And so one of the biggest mistakes for me is in not having done the personal branding a whole lot earlier. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I cared about, um, I, I, what frustrated me was seeing lots of people out there talking themselves up in the industry like they knew what they were talking about and then you'd hear <laughs> them on an interview or you'd hear them in a talk or whatever had happened and they were just empty. There was no substance. And it, it used to really frustrate me and I thought, I don't want to be one of those people who are big noting myself and trying to build a brand without having, just knowing the ins and outs of what I'm doing first. So I didn't want to ever feel like if I was in an interview or talking on stage or anything else that I'd ever be caught out and look like an idiot, really. Right, right. And, and so I, I spent a long time doing that. And, um, you know, lessons, a few lessons I learned were that, one, to, to be an expert, you really only need to know more than the people you're talking to at the time. <laughs> right. And, and so, you know, in that particular topic, I, I could have done things uh, a lot earlier and seen a lot greater results and as as the personal brand has brought us um you know large companies like you know salesforce and intel and ibm and those sorts of things i i wish i had done that a lot earlier because we would have had uh, a much bigger business by now so is that because now you started getting out speaking so as people you be so it gave your brand more presence because you're you're out there and people can put a face to it and they're like, hey, let me talk to this guy. Is that what brought on yeah. the big companies? Was that the reason? 
It's multiple things. So there's you know, the presence, yeah, people are seeing you in multiple places, but it's also the credibility. That credibility is the key thing. There's, there's uh, not too much difference between going, putting a proposal in for a medium-sized company and putting a proposal in for an enterprise-sized company other than the fact that they'll look for your credibility indicators. Have, have I seen this person before? Are they, you know, like some of the stuff that we do is I write for Forbes and Entrepreneur and uh, Business.com and a whole range of other top tier editorial yeah. publications. That means that people see my stuff everywhere. I leverage their audiences. And then from there, people are saying, okay, he's spoken, he, he writes here, here and here. Yeah, I'm going to invite him to uh, this conference to speak. So then I'm speaking at a lot of conferences so then you just keep stacking up these different credibility indicators and you decide, you use them for your proposals. And in the proposal, you also go, okay, well, I'm going to put time, energy and effort into making it look good, pay for design, pay for something that speaks to people in the right way. Um, and you know, it's, it's that sort of stuff that's helped us close million dollar deals. Yeah, no, that's really good uh, insight. And I, I think about the same thing and I see it more and more. Really, the, the personal brand development in line with your business is... It's a huge, um, it's a huge elevator for the business for sure. Uh, so I, yeah. I, I can see that. Um, I, I, one thing I, I do, I was curious about, and I always like to ask everybody is, um, if there was any place that you have traveled that you would recommend to someone else because you had it really impacted you in some way. <laughs> I, I like that question. It's not just about business. So that, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I. I've got a couple of places. I, I love travel and I, I travel every chance I get. Uh, I, my, my wife and my kids and myself actually went and lived in Koh Samui in Thailand for three years. Whoa. Um, and that, that was amazing. Um, I, I, I love Thailand and I love Koh Samui simply because um, the culture of the people, um, it, there's freedom to be able to live how you want and, and do what you want. You're living on a remote island and you're living like a king on virtually no money because of the, <laughs> yeah, a geo arbitrage yeah. earning US dollars yeah. spending on Thai baht. Um, so yeah, I, I loved that. I mean, we, we lived cheaper there on a, on a beach in a like four story villa with hired help 24 seven. Um, then, then we do living a, a basic life in Sydney so uh, yeah I, I, I love there that's pretty cool um, how do you spell it what was the it was Thailand but what was the island Koh Samui how do, is that a C or a K I'm curious to look it up K-O-H, K-O-H. And, which which means island and then Samui S-A-M-U-I got it cool very cool yeah I've heard a few people uh, that I know who have gone to Thailand and different parts obviously and um I hear lots of good things for sure. And that's an area I haven't gotten to, but I'd like to because I really love tropical uh, type areas. I'm big, my wife and I travel to Costa Rica a lot and I've had some epiphanies sitting out there. I feel like I'm on another planet <laughs> sometimes. You get to these remote areas, you're like, wow, where am I? The sounds, the smells, it's just really uh, invigorating. Yeah, I, I, by the sounds of it, I think you love uh, visiting Thailand. I think so, but it's a long flight, man. <laughs> <laughs> long flight. I, I fly from Sydney around the world uh, many times. I'm, I'm in the US about four or five times a year, and uh, yeah, I'm pretty used to it. The thing is, everyone says, yeah, it's, it's a long flight, um, but it's one sleep. You just go to sleep, you wake yeah, up, and you're there. Yeah, just knock yourself out, take some sl- <laughs> yeah. sleeping pills, and you'll be good for yeah. a while. There you go. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, Aaron, I want to be respectful of your time and, um, you know, uh, we'll wrap up here. 
But, um, you know, you mentioned before we started the actual interview that, you know, you would love to have people contact you and guys, you know, full of marketing insights to follow them on their social networks and stuff. But why don't you give yourself a shout out? Where where can people find out what you're doing, learn more about stuff and, um, you know, maybe connect? Yeah, there's, there's a few places. So check us out at uh, online forward slash change creator. Uh, you can find us at Twitter at I am Aaron Aegis, um, or I'm all over LinkedIn, um, or Google me. You'll find a way to get in touch. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, guys, lots of good uh, background and insights, so check it out. Um, Aaron, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Listen, if there's uh, ever any time, anything we can do for you uh, besides getting this article out there and an interview, just let me know. I I will. Thank you very much for having me. I enjoyed it. That's all for this episode. Your next step is to join the change creator revolution by downloading our interactive digital magazine app for premium content, exclusive interviews, and more ways to stay on top of your game. Available now on iTunes and Google Play or visit changecreatormag.com. We'll see you next time where money and meaning intersect right here at the Change Creator Podcast. 